I see a lot with my clients with IBS that they've been told that this is just going to be their normal and you don't deserve to feel like crap all the time. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter, and today my special guest is Bridget Carroll, who's a registered dietitian, and she is the founder and CEO of Well by Bridget. She has studied with some of the finest minds in functional medicine, and she has a passion for helping people that have struggled with gut issues, mainly IBS. Despite what you have been told or believed to be true, gut bloating, constipation, pressure in your gut, or pain is not normal. We are going to dive in to many contributing factors of IBS and why you shouldn't live with them. Today's guest is going to give you some usable tips to figure out why you're having these issues and what to do about them. Bridget, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited about this topic because I'm so passionate about this topic as well. And I think, you know, you and I can agree that we um, we see this a lot in practice. So I just want to get into it and I want to know what your story is around IBS and what makes you so passionate about it and helping your clients today. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up with a mom who was always constipated. That was the normal, right? Like we couldn't go on an early airplane ride. We couldn't, um, we couldn't do anything before she went to the bathroom in the morning. It was really hard for her. So growing up, I saw her, you know, doing the Metamucil at night. We always ate a healthy diet, but that was still her struggle. And then as I was a kid, I had a lot of ear infections and infections and a lot of antibiotics. And that really affected me then when I was in high school and college. I was in nutrition, studying to be a dietitian, and my gut was so bad. I mean, bloating, constipation, it was horrible. I had stomach aches all the time. So not only did I see someone with bad gut health growing up, I then had it as well. And um, it wasn't until my master's when I started studying functional medicine and understanding that was there was more than just um, Miralax, you know what I mean? There were more fixes and that felt really empowering instead of disempowering when I'd go to the doctors and they just say, yeah, you have IBS now go home and deal with it. You know, so um, a lot of my personal story is around gut health. And now that's how I really support women is getting rid of their gut issues forever. Yeah. And I, it's so painful. I mean, I think we look at IBS and you're just sent home to deal with it. It is such a painful condition. And I, I think I hear folks say a lot, you know, I, I don't under, I eat so well and it, and it doesn't matter what I cut out of my diet and I still am bloated and I'm still constipated and I'm still having problems. And, and I don't understand why I can't wear that crop top sh shirt. And throughout the day, my belly gets bigger, et cetera. And it's just such a struggle. So 
What are some of the symptoms that you see of IBS? I think bloating, like you were just talking about with the crop top or the tight dress or anything like that. Um, bloating is so big. And for some people, bloating like looks like they're six months pregnant. And then for some people like me, it just always felt like this pressure internally. So I see that a lot. I see a lot of either constipation, diarrhea, or kind of alternating between, right? So if you don't go to the bathroom for a week, I'm sure you've had clients like this, then it just all comes out. Um, acid reflux or just pain, um, stomach pain, um, and heartburn and, and different things like that. Those would be like the classical, what a doctor would diagnose as IBS. Mm -hmm. And let's just dig into that. And then I want to dig into foods, but when, you know, somebody says you have IBS, like you said, go home, deal with it, have some Metamucil, you know, what are other treatment approaches? Because I think people feel helpless when they're given that. I mean, I, I'm sure you did. I, I, I had the same thing, you know, I have a similar story, but, but what, what's your response to that? My response, and it's grown throughout the years as I've become so passionate about that, but my response to that diagnosis of IBS is that it's BS. That's the doctor not wanting to delve in, not wanting to help you, and also not having the tools to help you, right? So many times they're not taught to look at gut health like we do. Um, and so I really believe in testing the gut. Like I always use the example with my clients. If our dog has gut issues, we take their poop to the vet, right? How many times have our clients or in general taken their poop to the doctor so it can be tested, right? Or taken it to a lab. So it's a similar thing. So I really, in my practice and you do as well, like test the gut. What is going on? Um, and then we get that personalized plan that everyone, you know, if we have two clients, they have the same symptoms, their treatment plan, their protocol is going to be completely different. So we really have to use personalized medicine here. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. Cause we were talking before we started recording and we both will see similar cases, but a completely different protocol. So that being said, what about people that say, you know what? I just want you to give me a supplement protocol to fix my IBS and that's it. Right. I mean, I think people are even simply saying, just give me a probiotic, right? And you're like, oh golly, we have a lot to talk about here, you know? And I do um, these weekly Instagram lives and that is the question I get week after week is what probiotic should I take? And I'm here to say that if you have a lot of gut issues, a probiotic may make it worse. So don't start with a probiotic. If, you, if you're into taking supplements, which I truly believe help, then you need a personalized supplement protocol. The only way you can get that is by testing. Mm -hmm. And so what about, you know, when we run these tests, we're rolling out things like Parasites. We're ruling out. Um, we're ruling out bacteria overgrowth. We're ruling out, you know, viruses, Candida, H. pylori, and we're also seeing, you know, um, what like the balance of the bacteria flora looks like, along with like leaky gut, on and on and on. So it's a pretty comprehensive protocol, right? I left out a fair number of things. Um, with that, I 
and, and you and I both know, and we were chuckling about this before there, there are a couple groups, I think online, they're like, Oh, there, there's no evidence that there's parasitic infections in, you know, there's no evidence about that for gut issues. And I, I totally have seen it in the literature. And so I don't really know what they're talking about, but I want to kind of clear the air with you here and say, you know, see if you see these similar things in the gut as well to, to basically say, yes, you know, these things can contribute to IBS symptoms. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much to dive in there, but if, if we're only looking, so science has taken us very far, right? And now we have great testing and we can see what's in the gut, but then people will argue like these groups we see on these Facebook groups or something like that, like that parasitic infections don't affect the gut. Okay. So if I was a good practitioner, I would be listening to the person across from me. I'd be listening to my client and say, okay, we have this information of what's going on in their gut and we have their symptoms. How can I help them? Instead of saying, no, this test is incorrect and your symptoms are invalid, or I don't really know how to help you. How about we start listening to our clients more and I, I think that's my approach. Um, I see it so many times that parasites, H. pylori, untreated H. pylori, because conventional doctors do test for H. pylori, right? And then they think they treat it with a triple antibiotic regimen for two weeks. And then they say, okay, it's gone. No, that's not how it works. You need to retest. You need to make sure it's gone and you need to support the immune system. So there are so many ways that conventional medicine fails us with gut health. But the biggest thing as a practitioner, I'm always listening to my client's experience and the testing to come up with their plan and to help them. And I, I like what you said about the triple antibiotic therapy, because I don't think that people realize that they're going to be on three different antibiotics to potentially treat the H. pylori infection. I think you made a great point. They also don't ask to confirm that the H. pylori is gone. And in your experience, I mean, I think H. pylori, I mean, it can be a very, very nasty infection that that you really want to double check to make sure it's gone. Have you found that in your experience as well? Absolutely. It is a nasty bugger, right? Um, I had it, I'd say 70% of my gut health clients have it. And then if we can't get rid of it, you know, I've had a client I've been working with for eight months and we've done three tests and it's still not gone. Lo and behold, her partner has it and has been transmitting it in between. So all the good work we've been doing, not so helpful. So I, and I don't know that many doctors or I don't even want to throw them under the bus, but any practitioners would be asking about what is, what is your um, significant other? What's going on with them? So um, there's so many pieces of the puzzle. And what we're able to do is spend the time to ask those questions, spend the time to support our clients and listen to them and all that good stuff, which, you know, when you get seven minutes with a doctor, you can't, you can't do, right? Mm -hmm. I think you're perfectly on point with the partners because that's what I've seen. It gets transmitted between family members. And you know, what's interesting, it is also gets transmitted in breast milk as well. Oh my God. Yeah. 
It can get wow. transmitted in breast milk. Yeah. Found a good <laughs> study on that. That was great. That's great. Oh my God. I was like, oh I no. Yeah. Oh my God. I really, I actually come to think of it. I have one client right now and I think she is breastfeeding. So I have never thought about that. You learn new things every day. Someone asked me the other day about gut issues and what next steps they should take. And I realized taking the next step and realizing what's going on with your body can be stressful and complicated if you don't have the right information. So I've decided to create a gut health webinar in a digestible format so you can walk away with practical tips to transform your health. You can watch it right now at dranmariebarter.com. This gut health webinar will walk you through one, two, and three so you can solve the issue. The best part is it's totally free. So go ahead and watch and download the gut health webinar at dranmariebarter.com. What do you notice? Leaky gut is such a buzzword. Everybody is talking about leaky gut. Most of my folks that come in to see me are, they've listened to a podcast. They are convinced that they have leaky gut. What's been your experience with IBS clients and leaky gut? You know, I kind of talk to them about the role of media and our health. And I kind of make a joke that you do have leaky gut. Most, many, many people do. Um, so I think most of them, most of them do, do have, have it. Um, but I think the more important thing is the least, the not sexy things, which are you have bacterial overgrowth that is like stimulating this leaky gut. And then that's making your reaction worse. So I kind of try to go with getting rid of the bad bacteria first, then healing technically from leaky gut. Um, but I tell them and I try to say like, yeah, you, you do have leaky gut. We'll test for that. But like most likely you do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so when folks come in to see you, right. And they're on, they're on the gluten-free dairy-free, mm -hmm. low FODMAP diet. They're also on a low arginine diet and they're on a low histamine diet. And then I, I mean, I think I start to glass over. Like, I, I don't even know, like, what do you, what exactly does your diet look like on a daily basis? Um, what's your thought with eliminating all these foods and, and, you know, basically having these folks on these incredibly strict diets with no end in sight. Oh, you said it so perfectly because there's no end in sight sometimes, right? It's just first they go take out low FODMAP and they're taking out some low FODMAP, but then the list just becomes smaller, smaller of what they can eat. And so um, I don't put clients on a low FODMAP diet. I don't put them on a low histamine diet. I go after the root cause, which is depends on the person, but bacterial overgrowth, leaky gut, them not being able to break down food well, candida, parasites, all of that. Um, I do see a lot of clients that come to me on low FODMAP because they can't tolerate things. So what we kind of do, like my first step with them is saying, what of the higher FODMAP foods can you eat? And they're like, oh, well, I can eat apples or something like that. And I was like, okay, let's add those in first. 
but I never really put clients on a low FODMAP diet, even as a gut health dietitian. You know, my um, whole career is around food, um, but I learned that wasn't effective. I wasn't getting to the root of the issue. The root of the issue is your gut, not the foods. The foods aren't the issue. So a lot of my clients are gluten-free though, um, because gluten can be so harmful to the gut. But that's the biggest, that's, I'd say the biggest thing. I focus on really what more to eat. Um, what things should we add instead of removing? Because it can get very tricky and very cumbersome to like take out all these foods and it gives them kind of a bad relationship with food, which is not good either. Yeah, that's what I've seen is you have this terrible relationship with foods. You almost have what looks like more of an eating disorder. And I, I don't want to perpetuate that in practice. And I don't know about you, but I measure my success with how much they can open up their diet, with how good of a job I'm actually doing, clearing out the gut versus the other way around where, where we kind of creep it, creep it down. The other thing I've noticed, and I, I'm curious if you've noticed the same thing. I was reading some literature and it basically said, if you're on a super restrictive diet for more than three months, your cortisol soars. And oh I think, I think one of the biggest things, right. With, with folks that come in is a lot of times, either they need to gain weight or they need to lose weight. They have one of these two things that they really want to do. And I think with the cortisol soaring, that makes it very, very challenging to reach whatever goals they have body image wise. Yeah, absolutely. And then if cortisol is soaring, okay, we've got an imbalanced gut, we've got all these things they can't eat. And then three, four months down the road, because that cortisol has been so high, they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those clients come to me too, who are just like drained. Um, so yeah, I think, I think for too long of a time frame, it's really not good or at all. So I think what I hear you saying, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there's no cookie cutter protocol that you do in your office. Like IBS is related to candida overgrowth or IBS is related to um, opportunistic bacteria. And, and I think also what I hear you saying is it can be a multitude and a combination of all sorts of pathogens, leaky gut, potentially, you know, a gluten sensitivity, all kind of rolled into one. And so it's really hard to tell what's going on. Did I hear that correctly? Absolutely. And I think people need to find that practitioner who's going to dive in deep for them. You know what I mean? Who's going to look into all of those things and create a plan that's really personalized for them. Mm -hmm. And how long does it generally take you to sort of clear up gut infections, you know, so what would be a timeline for treatment? What I you, say to my clients when they're coming into me is how many years have you felt off? And they'll say, okay, I felt off for the last six years. I'm like, okay, typically what I see is for every year you felt off, it takes at least one to two months to fix. You know, that's most helpful for my clients who have felt terrible for 15 years. And they're expecting that I'm a magician. And in some ways, yes, we are as practitioners in how we practice. We are magicians. However, they need to understand that it's not just going to be overnight. 
And that's actually not what we're looking for. We're not looking for overnight huge fixes because that means that we're not fixing anything. So I'd say the typical person is anywhere from three to 12 months. They're going to feel great. Um, you know, I've had clients who have come to me, they just feel off a little bit. Yeah, the more severe your symptoms, the longer it's going to take. And the longer you felt bad, the longer it's going to take to heal. And what are you noticing too, when these folks come in with IBS, there's anxiety, there's depression. We're seeing these types of issues um, that look, um, that are going to look more in the mental health range. But would you say that you see a pretty big difference with healing some of some, some things like anxiety, depression type symptoms? Yeah, I think it can almost fully go away. And I'm also testing. So when I'm looking at the GI map stool test, that's the test that we both use in our practice. I'm also doing vitamin level testing, mineral testing, which helps because, so we'll use the example of H. pylori. H. pylori causes malabsorption of minerals like magnesium. And magnesium is really important with neurotransmitters, how we feel, and really important for hormones, all of these different things. So the root causes the gut of the anxiety, depression, right? And then we're also looking at this other aspect, which is vitamins and minerals. If we add in those vitamins and minerals and help that deficiency and we're healing the gut, we're getting to the root cause and we're just getting the body into better balance. I mean, magnesium is so important for both of those things. So that's just a good example of like, okay, we're making you, helping you to feel better now and we're healing the root cause of this imbalance. And you, you mentioned a buzzword and I just want to go back. Cause I, I love to talk about neurotransmitters, but, but what are, what are neurotransmitters for people that might not know? Yeah. So, I mean, I talk about them more hormonally and I always tell, I'm a, I'm a business coach for dietitians. So I'm always teaching dietitians kind of how to talk about things, but they're how your brain kind of talks to your body. And, you know, we know as practitioners, that's not necessarily what's happening, but they're how they tell your body how to feel. So, you know, we have serotonin, which is really our feel good hormone. We have norepinephrine and epinephrine. That's our fight or flight. Um, so they're just signaling to our body how to feel. Mm -hmm. And so if those are off like serotonin, it's made in the gut, our guts off, our serotonin's off. Um, we might feel depressed and then we're put on an SSRI, which helps with the serotonin. And the root cause was the gut is off. So I hope I answered your question there. I kind of went off on it like, oh, well, they're really okay. interconnected. They totally are. And I mean, I think, you know, serotonin is so important for the gut because it creates that peristalsis and it kind of allows things to move through. Not only, and it also makes you so happy. Like you yeah. see those people that are so happy and so joyful. They have so much serotonin. Who doesn't want more serotonin? So what are things that you do on a daily basis to keep your gut healthy? That's a great question. I eat really well. You know, that would be really bad if I was a dietitian who didn't eat well. I'm sure there are some out there. Um, I eat a really veggie heavy diet. Um, that's a lot of variety. So when I'm going to the store, I really try to, you know, maybe I'm doing broccoli sprouts one day, 
and dill the other day on top of my salad. So I'm really trying to work on variety because it's so important with the gut, variety of vegetables. I continue to be gluten-free. For me, um, gluten was the root cause of my migraines and thyroid issues, as well as my gut issues. So I'm gluten-free, drinking a crap ton of water and taking my personalized supplements are really important for me. And how much do you do stool testing on yourself or on um, clients that really just want to make sure that they keep a really good baseline, healthy gut? Yeah. So I test myself one to two times a year. Um, if I'm having like something going on, I might test myself. Um, I recently got engaged. So I was doing a lot of champagne and that kind of screwed up my gut a little bit. So I did a <laughs> test after that. I was like, okay, what did I, what did I change here? Um, and for my clients, it's usually every like four to six months to a year to double check, to make sure that the protocol is working and to make sure you're on the right path, et cetera. I think that's amazing. I think that that's so great. So, um, are there anything, anything that we left out that you feel like is really important to add as it relates to IBS? Well, I think we we've talked, you know, a lot about the testing and everything like that. It's really important that you feel empowered with your health, um, that you feel like you deserve to feel well. I see a lot with my clients with IBS that they've been told that this is just going to be their normal and you don't deserve to feel like crap all the time. So find a practitioner, find someone who's going to do the deep work with you. And also you have to be willing to put in the work, right? So you can't just be willing to work with someone and not take your supplements every day or increasing your vegetables or stopping as much sugar, right? Like you have to put in the work, um, but you deserve to feel really good. And I really, you know, tell my potential clients, my clients um, that I see that it's so important to live a fulfilled life and you can't live a fulfilled life if you feel like crap. Absolutely. First off, congratulations on getting engaged and thank, thank you. you so much for being here, but where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah. So my Instagram is where I'm most active. It's well by Bridget. That is my company. I'm launching a Actually, you're the first person I'm going to tell. Um, yeah, I'm launching a gut um, health company. Um, I'm changing my group gut healing program into an entire company that I'll be launching in June called The Gut Fix. And um, by the time this airs, we'll probably have an Instagram, maybe some branding up, but that's going to be my hub for talking all things gut health. So right now you can connect with me on Well by Bridget. I do weekly Instagram lives to answer questions and yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.